Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Blue Wire Podcast. Welcome into your Sunday weekly crossover between All Eyes on Cleveland, myself, Brad Ward, and of course the OBR film breakdown and the great Jake Burns here on uh the blue wire podcast and obr uh crossover events like we do every week at this time uh a joint collaboration of sorts uh breaking down things we think we know about the browns uh what is happening jake what's up man what's going on nothing much going on over here just a little early morning podcasting yeah so, kind of yeah. waking up as we talk browns yeah, that's uh, that's different, but that's okay. We'll we'll uh, we'll dig into it here, and uh, we are uh, Jake. We are just shortly right around the corner here from uh, the Greenbrier. Uh, it's uh, blink. I blinked, and it's here. I'm ready. I'm ready for some football. Yeah, it's a, it's a good week to get back into football, man. So it should be fun. Rookies report on the 19th. I think everybody reports to Barrio the 21st, and then they all go down there. Uh, I think over the course of a day and get there quickly and they're off and rolling by the weekend. Yeah. For uh, eight nights down there and then uh, back for five days prep for the hall of fame game. We'll here, be here before we know it. So uh, um, let's dive into what we're going to talk about today. Uh, so ESPN uh it's a pool of execs and coaches or, or what what's the how do they do this jake they're yeah they're yeah normally if it's like one writer i don't really care about it but anytime that these places and i think uh, I, I don't know who does it for the athletic sandina I, I can't think of who it is off the top of my head but they do anytime there's like polling around the nfl where they get coaches yeah i'm t- a little hesitant on players but execs and coaches and stuff like that to give you a list i think that gets more interesting than just like you know, one guy coming up with a list. So like I said, don't normally do these, but I do think these carry a little bit more weight considering how many different voices are involved. So um, yeah, two, two lists in particular came out that I was interested in. The first one being uh, the, you know, the Browns have had this strength along the interior of their offensive line. And they put that one out, Zach Martin, which is, you know, he's a, he's a very good football player for a long time. Uh, over in Dallas, leads that group, which Joel Batonio has led that group before, too. Uh, what struck me as interesting is that Batonio has slid down to five, so he actually has uh, dropped down below. Uh, Joe Tooney, who's the guard over in Kansas City, formerly of the Patriots, Quentin Nelson, Elton Jenkins, I don't think many people would have sus- suspected that, um, is is another one on the list. So those are your five in front behind. Again, these are centers and guards. Jason Kelsey, Uh, In Philly, Chris Lindstrom in Atlanta, Creed Humphrey in Kansas City, Brandon Scherf in in Jacksonville, and then Frank Ragnow, the center of the Detroit Lions. So I think it is a little interesting. The Browns have a significant amount of capital invested by, now we know, signing back back Ethan Postich as they did this offseason in the guard center guard realm. And I don't know where Teller and 
postage would land for these people if you got them outside the top 10 and started looking at maybe top 20 or whatever. But, you know, I, I guess the question for me would be like, are you a little concerned about only having one player um, in, the, in, you know, that player being at number five, considering all they've invested in that? It seems like there's probably a little bit of hope for more than that, but there's only one player inside the top 10. And I think recent years you've seen, but you've seen Teller in that top 10. So it's a, it's a bit of a surprise that he's now, not a surprise that he's out of it, but just probably more telling where the league thinks he is as a whole now, right? Yeah, I mean, it would be tough to put him in there. And granted, you know, um, it's more telling, to your point, because it's this kind of a list where you're asking people around the league, right? So uh, I I think it, you know, after last year, I mean, he, he didn't have a very good year, let's be honest. It, it was not good, but but the reason behind it may be injury, right? And that's what we're kind of hoping, so he looks better this year. So I'm not surprised that he's not there because he just didn't have that great of a season. Um, And uh, yeah, no, it definitely is concerning that the amount of money that they're invested in in this, I, you know, I've talked about it a lot that I wish they would. I I understand what they're doing, but at some point they're going to have to not stop paying the offensive line so much money. Yeah. uh, so I'm sure that's coming at some point after this two-year window, right, where they kind of solidified everybody. But, I should um, note, too, I'd be remiss. They do list honorable mentions, and Teller is in the honorable mentions. Okay. So Trey Good. Smith of the Chiefs is in the honorable mentions, Saints Eric McCoy, Eagles Landon Dickerson, and then the Patriots Michael Onwanu, and then Wyatt Teller, and then five more players receive votes that are listed uh, as well. I want to make sure I... Um, additional votes. So Postage did not get an additional vote. Elijah Vera Tucker, the Jets, Lake and Tomlinson of the Jets, Ryan Jensen of the Bucks, Ryan Kelly of the Colts, and Quinn Miners of the Denver Broncos. So, so that's your list. All, all three uh, interior guys from the Chiefs on that list there, including yeah. honorable mention. Yeah. Yep. 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 So those guys. Uh, again, and that's not a Bible. It's not it's not perfect. You know, you might look at Madden and they're rated differently or something else, you know. So, um, yeah. you know, that's the list. As far as offensive tackle goes, the Browns did not get anybody on the list at all. And that's not surprising considering Jack Conklin has sort of fallen off uh, injuries and whatnot. And Jedrick Wills doesn't have any respect in the league right now. So uh, that's the other list that has come out recently. I know <laughs> running backs, I want to uh, try to go over that list uh, as well if we... I can find it in time here. There it is. So Nick Chubb takes the mantle for the first time. Um, he is over Christian McCaffrey at two, Josh Jacobs at three, Saquon Barkley at four, and uh, Derrick Henry slid all the way down to five. So that's kind of interesting. Slightly, I mean, I know his uh, movement was down a little bit, but I mean, we ran 1,500 yards, man. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. Really so, um, you know, he's, he's an alien, but... Uh, six is Jonathan Taylor. Seven is Kamara. Eighth is a uh, free agent Dalvin Cook. Nine is Tony Pollard, the Cowboys, and then uh, Chargers Austin Eckler down at ten. Honorable mentions: Packers Aaron Jones, Texans Damian Pierce, Jets Brees Hall, Jags Travis Etienne, Patriots Ramondre Stevenson, and the Seahawks Kenneth Walker also mm-hmm. listed in that group. And then there were four more vote getters, which were Javante Williams. In Denver, Najee Harris in Pittsburgh, Miles Sanders in Carolina, and A.J. Dillon. So both of the Packers get mentioned. They're two running backs. That's the only team I think I saw here with two running backs on the same team on the list, unless I'm missing something. But 
Um, yeah, there you go. I think it's cool for Nick, though, right? Finally, some respect after some prolonged success. Very cool. Much deserved. Uh, actually, a little bit surprised that, and it probably takes a list like this of guys in the league, right, to get mm-hmm. him to the top because of the respect that he uh, you know, commands uh, as a back in the NFL. Um, but him over Christian McCaffrey is, of course, uh, nice to see there, right? Like, I think mm-hmm. a lot of people uh, or pundits might switch that up. So, very cool there. Um, is there a prevailing thought that uh, there's some fall off with uh, what's his name with the Titans? Um, yeah, I think that there is some belief that he is entering the years where guys slow down even so like last year his his top speed was the slowest it's ever been which is you know take that for what it's worth but that's uh, a sign of slowing down a little bit too and i think there was some some other trending data but again it's hard to be like derrick henry can't do it and they're not saying that he's fifth but it's hard to really move a guy down to fifth who's been at the top of your list for a while when he's coming off 1500 yards so i get it i think there's probably some projection tied into it but i think that this list sounds like it should be more of like who are the top 10 guys right now. And it's uh it's hard to have him slid all the way down to five, but the guys in front of him are pretty good too. So we'll see if jo- the one I'm curious is if Josh Jacobs can replicate what he, you know, yes. did, did last Very year because that was so it seems like such a total anomaly, but you know, mm-hmm. um, we'll see, man. I know that Titans fans and some people who cover them felt pretty disrespected by that. So, you know how it goes. Oh, really? That's that's interesting. I, I was wondering, you know, uh, the reason I asked that, maybe I should stop taking him in best ball. Maybe he's going to yeah. fall. I just, I, I doubt his production falls off. They're still going to rely on him heavily, it feels like. Oh, they have to. I mean, you're yeah. still starting Tannehill and potentially Will Levis, the, right. the Mayo maniac. So, you know, I, I feel like they're going to have to still be leaning into him as much as he can be leaned into, you know? Some rumblings about Malik Willis out of uh, Tennessee, too. Uh, he's just completely written off, which is a little bizarre to me. Yeah, right? I read an article the other day about uh, that he's looked really good and um, that maybe he's outplayed Levis so far. Now they haven't, not much has happened, but we'll see what happens. So interesting stuff. It is interesting uh, to keep an eye on as we are judged. All that good stuff is just around the corner. There's oh, yeah, the, the camp reports and. Yeah, you know, what which uh, which pieces of information are just fluff to get a guy traded or bump trade value or waiver wire value? You know, yeah, it's all that, there. That could be that it's all there for you. It's all there. Well, there's the the, the Mixon thing is interesting, right? You talk about Chubb in the future and yes, all the, do you have the numbers on like the Bengals decided to uh, the cheapest franchise who hasn't really even signed anybody big time yet is decided to cut money from Joe Mixon, which is interesting, right? Yeah, so uh, there was kind of some question around Mixon uh, and what this season was going to hold for him mm-hmm. uh, as far as if he was even going to remain with the Bengals. Uh, he had some off-the-field, uh, not uh, just kind of some issues. Weirdness. Right? Weirdness. I would just say there was yeah. a lot of weird stuff going on there, so, like that neighborhood yes. shooting or something. I don't know, man. That was weird. Very strange uh activities right uh going on at the mixon household that evening so uh but yeah so they have uh restructured his contract which is kind of over the rumblings we we're hearing they're going to ask him to take a pay cut so he takes a 4.3 million dollar pay cut jake um and uh he'll make roughly 
5.51 million in base salary. Uh, so he comes from what 10 right mm-hmm. down to uh, five and a half. Uh, I believe there are some incentives he can make some of that back. Uh, but his production was down last year, as to be expected with the amount that they throw the ball right. Like he really, uh, I think, saw a downtick in touches. Um, so, you know, it makes sense for them to want to keep him. They did draft Chase Brown. Uh, they do have uh, Travion Williams, I think is the guy's name, uh, behind him. Um, so it's kind of an interesting situation there running back. I don't know how long they're going to roll with Mixon. I, I would be my question, right? I guess this year we'll we'll see that. But uh, I they think Mixon's didn't... only like 26. I feel like he's younger than we I think know. he is. I feel like he's I been there he's forever. too, but like I don't know if they want to. I don't know. I guess it a lot depends on how he looks this year, how he fits in the of offense. Course. Like, yeah. and, and then his off the field shenanigans, right? Do they uh, cease or slow down at least? So, um, yeah. So at least for this campaign, he uh, he's twenty seven, uh, Jake. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, okay, one year off. Dang it! I figured he was pretty good. 20, call. The, I figured he was in the twenty eight, twenty nine group, but yeah, he's still. Still 27. So, yeah, I thought that the Bengals would move on from Mixon this offseason as well, considering the noise you heard. But when they didn't really sign anybody, when there have been players out there in the market to sign, like, you know, Dalvin Cook and some others, I thought there was a chance that they would do something in the draft as well. Uh, I thought if uh, there was a chance of Jameer Gibbs or Bijan Robinson fell to them in the first round that they could go that route. Uh, but they didn't capitalize on anyone else, so they they probably had nice grades on those guys. But when they didn't get past what twelve, either of them, they they moved on, and um, they weren't going to force some sort of uh, situation there. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I, I think that they're in the and put it this way, he'd have to blow it out of the water this year, look really good. Uh, otherwise, I think they're going to be in the mix for a, a running back of some kind next off season. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that this is also probably telling for the Browns too, right, Brad? Where like, you know, yes. Nick is uh, obviously on top of the league in terms of running backs out there, and now they probably won't uh, be all too interested from Nick's side if he has another great year. Um, mm-hmm. And the way the Browns have preserved him and held his carry numbers low to try to to beat this curve a little bit, to me, it feels like it won't be as much a you know a take money away from him cut pay cut situation that we're hearing from Mixon and be more of a restructure extension maybe restructure at a year but also lower the cap hit and do some some funky things to help the browns but also keep nick's longevity alive you know what i mean yeah so for uh to tie that all that in to your point here um mixon's you know bay or what he was due to make was 10.1 million before the pay cut and mm-hmm. 12.7 uh 12.8 million basically was his cap number, his cap hit. Nick Chubb is scheduled now for his 2024 cap hit to be 16.2 million dollars, Jake. Uh, and he is his base is at uh, just under 12 million. Um, so you know, he has a million dollar option in there, he has game bonuses, uh, you know. Um, not much there, I think $25,000 per active, but either way, um, it, it all, uh, it all turns into a pretty big figure there for them to take on as a cap hit. And, um, although he, you know, looks like the best back in the league from, you know, uh, 
good authority there on that list. Uh, it, it's still, to your point, probably can't live with this as is. So, yeah. um, whether it's not a pay cut or whatever it is, you know, um, probably the, the, the belt's getting the tighter, sense. as I say, yeah. right? It makes know. the most sense is if you want to keep him around, as you said, to restructure and maybe, you know, turn that uh, $12 million base into a signing bonus or give him that up front, restructure that, make it guaranteed, give him X amount of dollars uh, right away, uh, help free up some, some space moving forward, at least for next season, because, you know, they didn't do that with him this year where they, where they could have, right? And uh, so maybe if you're kind of, if they're picking and choosing their spots uh, to to trim that, you know, do that, play that game, right, where you're uh, going to turn stuff into a signing bonus and and uh, avoid it out or whatever, it would make sense to do that in a restructure year with Chubb, and it would make sense for him, for Chubb, to get some guaranteed money on the books as well. Yeah, so but moral of the story is this will be a heavy topic next offseason that yeah. we expect to play out in a similar way. Not necessarily the pay cut, but something before camp starts where he's giving the Browns either some salary cap relief or, or something of the sort uh, to, to make it work. I, I think a lot of people think that he won't be back for next year. I think he will be back for another year. Uh, the 20, what is it, the 25 season will be where I think it starts to get interesting on whether there's a future there. But I think at least one more year after this year. And uh, I think just like the news cycle around how that decision goes will feel similar in a lot of ways to what's up with Mixon here. So, you know, yeah, we'll see. It will definitely uh, pay attention to the timing too. something interesting about that, too. Here we are just a few days outside of camp and they come to uh, that agreement. So all stuff to pay attention to. And that kind of ties back to the Browns. With that, we're going to take a short break, come back and hit on some uh, players. We think that uh, Jim Schwartz will help or benefit from Jim Schwartz when we return. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are back. Uh, this is your Sunday Things I Think I Know crossover with Jake Burns in the OBR film breakdown. Brad Ward, all eyes on Cleveland. Uh, so who will benefit the most, Jake, from Jim Schwartz's presence as the Browns defensive coordinator? Uh, we're each going to pick three players. And then we're going to pick one person that we're worried about or concerned about in this uh, potential uh, or in the scheme or potentially worried about uh, under Schwartz's tutelage here. Um, you want me to go first? You want to go first? Flip a coin? What do you, how do you want to do this? Uh, I'll go first. Uh, you know, hitting, uh, a player that I don't think we've all talked about enough in circles uh, around the Browns. So, um, yeah, with with Miles Garrett, I think that, uh, uh, you know, obviously – uh, if we can get that guy to pay attention a little more in the meeting rooms, I think there's a good player that can be unlocked there. Maybe can unlock some other people. Uh, all jokes aside, I think this is a year where he has a chance with somebody who can engineer uh, schematics uh, advantages up front and also the talent surrounding him as well, that he has a real chance to to see the fewer 
uh, a significantly fewer number of double teams than he has seen in his career so far, which could unlock a next level production situation for him. Put it that way. So um, he stands out, talked about often all the above uh, as, as a player that, you know, we think Miles can get to another level. And with that next level, hopefully comes uh, an award that is befitting of his talent. And it feels like we have a chance to see that happen with him because shorts should do really well with structuring some things to help him. And then, like I said, the talent around should help too. So there you go. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, best uh, surrounding cast as far as edge guys, in my opinion, um, Zedarius especially. And uh, I think Schwartz is going to focus on on getting him into beneficial situations. As I've mentioned before, uh, he's talked about the sign in his office that says, any scheme that gets Miles Garrett a one-on-one is a good one. So I like that. Love it. So uh, I am going to, you know, I'm going to try to, you know, speak this one into existence a little bit. How about that? Uh, okay. So let's go. Jordan Elliott uh, benefits from uh, Schwartz's scheme. You know, when he came out, I thought he did a pretty good job. Like, uh, you know, on your film breakdowns and other people that were looking at him, like uh, he was pretty good at, you know, kind of two gapping and some of that stuff in college a little bit. But listen, I think that, um, you know, Schwartz isn't going to ask him, these guys to do that that much and ask them to slice, kind of just get up field, find your way to get in, in space and disrupt. And I think that could benefit Jordan uh, big time. So uh, that's my hope. Listen, I don't expect him. I, I don't expect Jordan Elliott to be a starter. He may be right. Um, but like I, all I want out of him when I think what Schwartz would be, you know, it would be behoove him. Not that I I'm, should be giving anybody advice about how to coach your players, but, you know, just find uh, that niche, right? Like find that role. What can he provide in a four man rotation that he can do well and focus on that? Like, and, and I feel like, when you're rotating eight, nine guys in, in a game, you can do that a little bit with some of these guys. So maybe Elliot, my hope is that Schwartz can kind of redefine or better define a role for him. Um, and, and then let him be that guy that just focus on disrupting. I like it. I like it. They need Jordan Elliott to be of some sort of significance this year to, to their overall product. So um, we'll hope that they can find a role that fits him. Uh, the next one I'll do is um, uh, I'll, I'll go with I'm looking at schematic answers. So I would say Greg Newsom to me stands out as a guy who would benefit from uh, an uptick in, in usage clarity. So I think he's going to be in the slot fewer times, put it that way. I, I don't think that he's going to be obviously totally removed from it, but he'll be in there fewer amount of times. And then I think that the uptick in man coverage and the reduction of some of the pass off coverage schemes will help him as well. You know, I think Denzel Ward made a nice point about, we you know the, the schematic structure that they're focusing on here is built around less thinking. And I think that not that Greg can't think, I mean, he's clearly a sharp guy, but I think a, a defined role for him and a defined coverage structure will really benefit him. And he is a, I think he's a really good mask player in terms of, uh, you know, getting down mirroring in, in somebody's face and, you know, just being an effective coverage player from man-to-man looks, and I think that he'll benefit a lot from that. So uh, I do think he has a chance to have a nice early 
benefit from working with Schwartz because I know he's in he's in the middle of what this is year three for him so he wants to turn things around in a really positive direction the way his rookie year was trending and, and start to push himself toward a another contract in the NFL that's what all these guys are chasing all first round picks are trying to figure out how they get to their next contract you know so uh, I think he's going to be hungry to play well and, and should have a good season I would get I would guess that Schwartz will help him in that regard yeah uh, I would tend to agree with you there um, big fan of news I'm hoping hoping that uh, that all pans out the way you, you said there I'm going to mention uh, another guy that who needs a good season when you're talking about contracts and etc um, but Grant Delpit right so I, I think that you know what we've seen a lot from Schwartz is that uh, you know he likes to you know if he's going to bring the kind of uh, as you've kind of talked about the uh, attack and fix or behind right uh, kind of mentality um or uh, scheme schematic uh, approach, um, you know, in a lot of the stuff that I've looked at with Schwartz, they're very often using that that uh, safety and run support. So, uh, and I think that Delpit will be down in the box and have plenty of chances to play the run game well uh, in cleaning up, right, as kind of maybe that, uh, third linebacker role when they're out there or whatever. But, uh, you know, he flashed at the end of last year, uh, gave us some things to be excited about, looked really good. And I think that uh, Schwartz will be able to build off of that with him and uh, put him in a role where he really excels. I like it. I like it. Okay, so I will close on my side with um, uh, JOK because I think JOK, like you're mentioning some of those things, about what the safety should do. I, I do think there's a decent chance that JOK uh, gets used in a creative way that benefits him more, right? I, I think he'll do traditional linebacker things, but Schwartz talks a lot about getting five into pass rush. I think there's a chance he's used in a bunch of funky ways, walk up, mugging the A-gap, doing different things that allow his athleticism, versatility to stand out. I think that the thing I didn't like about Joe Woods was they were really excited about his versatility and then they didn't use the versatility. So like, <laughs> That kind of drove me a little bit crazy. I'd like to see him used over the slot. I'd like to see him used in just such a like just a different uh, set of ways that allow him to be more of a Swiss Army knife. And I think I have to think Schwartz will, will try to find a way to do that. He's done that in his career with players, so I, I hope he can just align him. Like I don't really prefer to see JOK aligning, playing, and doing the same things every single snap. I'd like to see him being a little bit more of a quarterback needs to find him sort of player and him doing some things that catch opposing linemen or opposing pass catchers and quarterbacks off guard. So I think that there's optimism for that sort of uh, thing to, to take place for him. So I will say that the JOK should benefit and, and just traditional linebackers and stuff too. Like I think he's a better chaos player. So like if they're yeah. going to be a fix it type at linebacker, I think he's got a chance to be a better version of that than a very rigid you know, a very rigid approach to the position where he has to be in one spot at one time. Like, I think he is, he, he is, I don't know how to say this in the correct way. Like he, not that he, he is perfect in chaos, but like, I think he prefers to play in a way that is less traditional and the means by which to get to the ball carrier, to get to the quarterback, I think can be a little bit different for him because he likes to use agility and the ability to get past people with a, 
a, a broad variety of ways. Like, right, you know, you're taught as a linebacker to fit with the outside shoulder free and anchor against a down block and, you know, you know, take it on and rip through. And like, he doesn't do that. He kind of plays, I've said it many times over the past few years, like he plays the position like a running back. And I think that he tries to make people miss when coming to block him. You know, he tries to use the, uh, I think impressive hips uh, that allow him to swivel through difficult locations. Like I think that there's a chance is like a fixed player, stay back, read it, process it, make your move and go player. Uh, he's got a chance to be good. So I, I will hope that what the madness, of the muck, I just kind of tried to say there is hopefully people can get something out of that. But I, I just think that his play style mixed with what they're expecting out of the position and a propensity, I think of Schwartz to at least I hope get creative with him tells me that there's a chance he has a pretty good year. Um, David Long, it was he used kind of the way you want? Uh, he's a similar guy, right? With the Titans, did they use him similar or no? I, I I don't know. I really didn't go back and watch that. I I was a little surprised that the Titans didn't retain him, and then I was also surprised that he signed so cheap. Where I don't know where he yeah. landed, but it was it was relatively cheap. So, um, that's probably a good study trying to figure out how they used him. But I, I again, the stuff with Tennessee is tricky because how much say did Schwartz really have? Right. Yeah. So it's like, Agreed. there's, there's some, some elements of like, we have to see it, you know, going back and looking at his Eagles linebackers, they're a bit more um, traditional types of mm -hmm. players. Like JOK is not a traditional player. So I hope that they think less traditionally about using him. Agreed. Um, <clears throat> good stuff, Jake. Uh, my, my last guy here who I think will benefit is, uh, you know, Alex, Wright, And uh, the reason I'm mentioning it, uh, you know, I've been kind of hard on Alex uh, in my shows. Uh, but I do think um, I was encouraged from what we heard out of OTAs, you know, him playing on the inside, which is where we saw, I thought we saw his best reps last year. And uh, I think that uh, Schwartz's ability to use him in the right way um, could give him an opportunity to be a part of this rotation. So, okay, I like it. I think that they've already mentioned him as an inside-out possibility player, right? Like they were banking on Absolutely. him being, being an inside threat. I like it. I thought we could throw one more bonus out, being like a guy you're concerned about. I, I continue to be a little bit concerned about Martin Emerson in terms of playing more man-to-man. -man. I think he's a better field, wide side of the field zone corner off ball coverage type um i just am a little bit concerned about uh you know what what does this look like for him right a away from a uh, high density of quarters and cover three and like more aggressive coverages not that the browns won't play zone they'll play plenty of zone but just you know higher if you go from seven or eight snaps of man-to-man -man coverage a game to like 15 or 20 that just creates a lot more opportunity for something to go wrong and i think he's a better zone corner than he is uh, a man corner. So I'll, I'll just kind of say that I'm a little bit concerned about Martin Emerson uh, in this structure and we'll see if he's able to replicate. That'd be great. But I do think there's a chance he steps back a little bit. It's interesting. That's interesting. Uh, and a good point. Uh, mine is not so much uh, as interesting, but I I'm going to say, listen, I'm actually going to add, say two people here. I'm going to say Tony Fields and Jacob Phillips. I'm concerned about, and it's not, it's not really something schematic that I can point at more than they just weren't very good last year. And uh, they are the Browns depth at the position. So um, if you're asking, I guess a little bit to your point about JOK, who I think will excel in whatever they ask him to do, because he's just that good of an athlete and that good of a player. 
where I think that Fields is kind of JOK, uh, diet JOK or JOK light, right? Like, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't know if he is as athletic or he's definitely not as athletic, but or athletic enough to excel in some of those areas. And maybe he will, maybe he'll find his way. I'd be interested to hear what you have to think about these two guys, but like, you know, in this scheme where you're asking them to come up and make tackles and maybe they'll totally benefit from it because it's less thinking, but I, I've just been so underwhelmed by both of them, I guess, that I, I would be concerned no matter who the, the, the DC is, I guess. I put out a 53-man roster projection the other day, and I, ha I have Jacob Phillips missing the roster. I think Fields, due to some special teams advantages and just being healthier in general, has a, a higher chance of making the roster. But, um, I, you know, the situation with, with you know Jacob Phillips, where it's not like he had a couple flashes early in his career, but he was pretty bad when he got a chance to play. So it's not like it's just injuries here. I, I don't, I don't know that he's very good. I just don't think he's very good at processing and reading what the position is supposed to be doing. And, you know, with that, I think uh, I, I just see him as an outside looking in type of player, you know, the end of his contract uh, as a rookie and all of that stuff. So I think they're both in jeopardy here. I don't have a great feel for either of them in the scheme yet, but uh, I, I definitely feel like those two are, are fringe guys fighting for their opportunity in the league for sure, especially with the Browns. Yeah, absolutely. Um, interesting. Yeah. Uh, does it, was that an article you put up at the OBR, your projected 53? Yeah. So that is available for folks to check out. That is uh, posted on, I think I posted it yesterday, uh, I believe. So yesterday or Friday. So yeah, check that out if you can. That still should be around the website. Go read it now at the OBR. Uh, check out all of the fantastic work being done over there. Um, this has been another edition of Things We Think We Know About the Browns, a joint collaboration between the OBR film breakdown and, of course, All Eyes on Cleveland. That's Jake Burns. I'm Brad Ward. Any final thoughts, Jake? I have nothing. Everybody have a fantastic Sunday. Put it that way. Yeah. Let's do it. Have a good Sunday. Uh, football, the Greenbrier training camp, just around the corner. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend. Make sure you subscribe, uh, rate, review, all that good stuff. It's always appreciated on our end. And uh, with that, uh, for Jake Burns, I am Brad Ward. We are out.